Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The people that are in leadership, they're looking for the people that are working with them to be loyal. They're looking to see if these people are just comfortable with them. And they're not in the background trying to tear down, work behind the scenes, do a little gossip. You know, that decision, that man, she made, that's crazy. And these are your people. Remember, Moses had this trouble. His relatives, his brother, his sister, the people in there. And God, one day, opened up just a big hole. He said, no, I won't have that kind of stuff. It's tough to work in a place where there's a lot of backstabbing and resistance to the person in charge, especially if that person is trying their best. Backbiting and bad attitudes make for a crummy work environment. You'll learn from Pastor Mark's message today not only what it takes to be a good leader, you'll find out what kind of attitude a follower should be having as they follow. Pastor Mark will share what the Bible says should be the character qualities the person God's gifted to be a leader. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. A person that has the gift of organization or the gift of leadership is a note taker, is a note writer. Guess who they end up marrying? Somebody without that gift. Now, not always, but quite often. And it doesn't mean the other person's totally disorganized. I don't mean that at all. But they're like, it's not as big a deal to them. And so when that happens, why does God do that? Well, number one, he likes to laugh too. (laughs) God likes to look down at us and laugh. Number two... It teaches us patience because we married somebody that's not like us in lots of ways, but this is a big one. And so it's not right or wrong, just different gifts. So remember that. Now, number six is willing to endure criticism and difficulties. Leaders, by definition, are out front. The person that's out front always gets shot at. So if you want to be a leader, but you can't handle criticism, you better go to God and say, do I have the right gift here? Help me. Do something with me. Because a true leader is going to commit himself or herself to the goal and endure the criticism. They don't like it, but they're going to learn to endure it without getting discouraged. That's not easy. So the leader is willing to endure Negative people, comments, and find great joy because the goal is set out in front of them. If you follow the Apostle Paul through, 
You see all the things. Romans chapter 8 is a great chapter. And I'm beaten here. And what can separate me from the love of God? He makes this huge list. Why? He's the leader. He's out front. How many times did Paul as a leader have to say, no, I've been appointed by God? Why? Because everybody's saying, yeah, I've been appointed by God. You made this thing up yourself. No, I've been appointed by God. And so over to God. So if you have that gift, just remember, you were called to lead. And the person that gives you the vision is not the majority. The person that gives you the vision is God. By the way, if you're in the home and you run your home by majority rule with your teenagers, you're in trouble. Now, there has to be a leader. And you have to say, okay, God, what are you doing here? And if the home is run by children... The pain and suffering that you're running away from now, they will have the rest of their life because they think they're in charge. They're not in charge. So be careful. Now you want to loosen the ropes as the children get older and give them more freeway and they've got to make their own choices and all those kind of things. Remember, so you don't have the same curfew for a seventh grader as you would do a 12th grader. And it's hard because they like grow up in front of you. I said to my wife today, it's almost June. Can you, June? What happened? Didn't we just sing, you know, Christmas carols a couple of weeks ago? It just goes like this. And sometimes with our kids, we don't see that happens. Here's what Oswald Saunders says, has a great book on leadership. He says this, no leader lives a day without criticism. Humility will never be more on trial than when criticism comes. Because what happens, and of course, one of the dangers with the leader is he knows he's not perfect, she knows he's not perfect, and sometimes they fail. But quite often they don't, because God has given them that, and they go out there, and so the person that criticized them the whole way, you know in the natural what you want to say to those people, don't you? I mean, we would never do that. Well, you don't do that, because it wasn't you, it was God, Correct. Why did you guys look at me funny like you would never do that? (laughs) I know better. So humility and a leader have to go together. It's not us. It's God. We're standing in the place of God. Number seven. Has a desire to see things completed as quickly as possible. That's a leader. Let's go on with it. I'll show you in a moment. That's a huge possibility if you're in the flesh of operating in the flesh, that's a horrible disaster waiting to happen. Okay? The advantage of growing older is you usually get a little more conservative. And that helps. Not always, but it helps. Number eight. If you have the gift of leadership administration, you will assume responsibility if no specific leadership exists. You get into a situation, you're in a room, people are trying to do something, nobody steps up, the organizer, the leader, will go right up in there. Now, they'll hold back for a moment because they don't really want to do that. But even in a group, if a group is floundering, this person with that leadership will want to kind of step forward and say, let me share with you how it's going to go. If you're a leader, and that's what always is interesting in our staff meetings, for instance, with all the pastors, because you just mentioned a topic, everybody's got an idea. That's good. Why? Because they have the gift of leadership. They want to give their ideas. I can remember Linda and I... uh, Many years ago, took a, I don't know, was a 13-day tour or something of a bus tour, flew to England and went over somehow to London and then over into Europe. And we took a bus tour all through like seven or eight countries of Europe. It was great. 
one of those Cosmos tours or whatever. And we had a great time. And I remember getting off one day in Venice. And the only deal with those tours is the price is really good until you figure in all the extras. Every night to go somewhere else, 500 bucks to do this and 495 for a meal and whatever. And they just... So I took this Frommer's book or Forder's or something with me. And we get off in, in Venice... And they said, well, here's your option. You can take this boat over here, and it's forty-nine or whatever. You can take this one over. And I went, hey, it says here you can get this big boat, and you can put 30 people on it for $2 each. And I said, let's see if we can find it. I looked behind me. had all these people behind me. <laughs> and we got into the boat and had a great time. We got back, we spent eight bucks or something. The other people, you know, of course, they had lots of money. Who cares? But there was. All they were looking for was what? Somebody step forward. Of course, they're going to find me because I'm left. Is there one that's free out there? We'll take that one. (laughs) So that's what happened. If there's no leader, the guy with a gift, the guy with a gift of leadership, they're going to step forward and people are going to follow. Nine, has a desire to move on to a new challenge when the current project is finished. Now, that's not always true for a leader. As I said, some leaders, they do have vision, but they don't mind maintaining because there's still plenty of challenge in maintaining. But other people with that gift of leadership, they're the initiator. And once the project is underway and it's going really, really smooth, the adventure, the challenge is over. And they're looking for something else. And they're really happy at turning over the maintaining to another leader. You have to have another leader. They're well happy to turn that over. And, of course, that ebbs and flows with different people and different things. Number 10, needs loyalty and confidence from those who are being directed and served. You see, if there's confusion with the head or disloyalty, then Satan is at work. Unity comes from God. In the home, can't have two heads. You only need one. But a husband is to love his wife as Jesus loved the church. And so, in a leadership role, the people that are in leadership, they're looking for the people that are working with them to be loyal. They're looking to see if these people are just comfortable with them. And they're not in the background trying to tear down, work behind the scenes, do a little gossip. You know, that decision, that man, she made, that's crazy. And these are your people. Remember, Moses had this trouble. His relatives, his brother, his sister, the people in there. And God, one day, opened up just a big hole. He said, no, I won't have that kind of stuff. And so the best way to learn leadership is to be under leadership. For instance, I can't expect people to submit to me unless I'm submitted. So I am submitted to the eldership. I'm submitted to another pastor. And I'm submitted, obviously, to God. So you have to be under authority if you're going to exert authority. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. The Bible warns a lot about this. In our fellowship, to be very honest with you, we have a beautiful fellowship. Most people, by and large, 98%, whatever, 99% are, you guys are just incredibly positive and obedient, willing to cooperate, willing to be challenged. And because of that, as I said before, God blesses us. But in Hebrews, we have some warnings against 
being negative doesn't mean you can't give constructive criticism. Certainly, we always want that because we're trying to do better. Look at Hebrews 13.7. Remember your leaders. You might circle that in your Bible to remind you. There are leaders. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So in other words, take a look at the leaders around you. And of course, if you're a leader, if you're an administrator, if you have a gift of that, if you're a pastor, you're a small group leader, whatever, big challenge. People are trying to imitate you. You're a parent, you're a leader. Your kids are going to imitate your life. They're looking at how you lead. Huge. Now, skipping down to the same chapter, verse 17. Same topic again. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Now obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So Paul says the people in the church, the leadership in the church, they lead the people in the church are to submit to the authority of those leaders. Now, you know what submit is. It's just a willing attitude that wants to cooperate. In 1 Thessalonians 5.12, Paul says this, Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you and who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. So sometimes... In the leading, in the directing, in serving people, there has to be some admonishment. And of course, that's the godly discipline. And so a leader is uncomfortable around other leaders or followers who are trying to undermine their authority. If a leader's thinking is divided and he or she is worrying about the people around them trying to kind of talk against them or whatever in any kind of role, then what happens, I find, in churches, business, home, these turf wars, this person, this person, whatever, and maybe you're never saying it against the person, but boy, you stir it up behind there. Well, you know, you need to be very careful with that because what happens is then Satan is in the middle of that because where there's disunity, it's always Satan. That's what happened to Satan in heaven. He's behind the scenes. Why do you think a third of the angels went with Satan? He's behind the scenes saying, mm, I don't like the way God's doing this deal. I think I can do as well, if not better. A third of the angels went with him. A third. Because that's the way people are. People are followers. And so that's why there's church splits and all these other things. Is be, that's one of the reasons. And so submission and learning to lead this is huge for you gals and guys that are young and you're in leadership and maybe you're not in this high position of leadership, but I mean with lots of authority. It's really good to learn from the second, third, fourth, fifth seat of serve. You have this leadership down here. Just learn to lead. Learn to lead from that place. God gives you that. And just be submitted and God will just continue to raise you and use you and do whatever. If you can learn to submit at those areas down there, then you can be useful later. Because you're always going to have to submit to God. So I think that's very valuable. Be at ease. Leaders value harmony. 
That's what makes the place go. They value harmony. And that makes the body very efficient. And again, thanks. You guys are incredible. And I have an incredible staff. Now, don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean if you get constructive criticism or guys in the whatever want to say to me, boom, 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 boom. No, that's fine. We want that. You'll see that in a moment. You definitely want that. But you don't want people behind the scenes trying to get your job or trying to take your place or trying to take over this ministry or do this, that, and the other. If you do that, you know behind it is one person. It's always Satan. Because if he can do that, then instead of us fighting outside, we put all our energy trying to survive inside. And we've been very fortunate in this church. God has blessed us. And that's because you guys are very submissive. Thank you. Now, what if we operate the gift of leadership in the flesh? What's it going to look like? Well, number one, it's going to be pretty ugly because people with leadership have influence. Number one, if you operate the gift of administration in the home, church, whatever, men, women, again, you can get discouraged very easy when criticized. If I'm not careful and I get lots of emails and, you know, most are very good. Some are constructive. And then there's some that you I had one this week and I said to the elders on Monday night, after I got this email, I'm glad I had my devotions before I got the email. And I told them what I emailed the individual back. And then I said, do you want to hear what my first email was? Well, they didn't want to hear it. But I thought, it was good. I want to hear it again because it made me feel good. No, you have to be careful. And here's the danger. You can get discouraged. And if you get discouraged, you have to be careful with criticism. You can get calloused. So you don't care what people say anymore. And that's your reaction not to hurt, not to hurt. Uh, just let them say whatever they want. They have no good ideas anyway. And so you get callous. You don't want to be callous as a leader. You want to be sensitive as a leader. You want to be listening to people. Because God quite often speaks through critics. Even sometimes if they're not really speaking the truth in love, but they are speaking the truth. Number two. If you do that, it moves on to this. You begin to view people as a resource. You don't value people. They're just a way to get your deal done. So organizers and leaders can be so goal-oriented, they become pushy. You're going to do it my way. And eventually, they may not say that, but boy, does it come out. And then, of course, you're leading, but you're not really leading the way God would have you lead. If I operate in the flesh as a leader, if you do, I can delegate to avoid work. You say, I'm a great delegator. And you go in and that person's desk, there's never anything on it. And here's what they'll say to you. I'm an incredible delegator. Well, they may be, but they should be working on something. So we have to be careful that we don't look lazy. On the other end, you go in and guy's desk over whatever, come, come out the thing, can't find, I know it's here somewhere, it's four months old. Probably don't have the gift of organization, number one, or leader, or they have no clue how to delegate. They have no clue. How to, so they need help. So you need to have somebody step in and say, here's how I can do that. Number four, this is a dangerous one. Tries to buy loyalty with favoritism. You see, leaders that say, I got to get this project done. I got to get this goal accomplished. I'm going to find somebody that's like a yes person. 
And I'm going to keep promoting these yes person. I want to surround myself with yes people because I can get my project done. I don't have time to listen to somebody else's opinion. Well, if you're going to be a great leader, you want great leaders around you. And great leaders are never yes people. Now, you don't want gripey, complaining people that every time you say, no, I got a better idea. You don't want that. You want a spirit of unity. I learned a long time ago in the hospital business when I was directing hospital pharmacy. If I had incredible gifted people working for me, guess who always looked good to the boss? Me. Plus, guess how the department ran? Perfect. And some of those people way more gifted than I was. I just happened to have the gift of leadership. They were way more gifted. Well, I acknowledge that and allow them to give their opinions or whatever. And that just makes the place go better. Remember, guys, we're not just a head up here. I know this is potato head, but he's got arms and feet and eyes and whatever and lips, okay? It's not about you being a leader. We need to work together. So you have to be careful that you don't buy loyalty. And so you keep giving the goody things to this person because you know they're going to go, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Number five. This is huge. What's the danger if I operate in the flesh? Drives self to produce, but neglects personal and family needs. See, a person that would have the gift of leadership and organization, they can get overextended very easily. They can be too committed to too many things. And there isn't a leader in this building that doesn't understand what I'm just saying. And there isn't a leader's wife or a leader's husband sitting in this building that doesn't understand what I'm just saying. So... The zeal for using their gift, and they have one, can leave family members neglected. Number six, this is also here. If I operate in the flesh as a leader, as an organizer, as a visionary, what's the danger of operating in the flesh? Here it is. Can become impatient and get ahead of God. I think that's a huge one. Because if you're a leader, remember, you want it to be done tomorrow. Remember Joshua? Great leader. Remember they crossed the Jordan? Had a great victory? Go up to Ai the next day. No problem, just go out up there, get it done, taken care of. Go, finish it up. Came back, destroyed. God wasn't with them. Why? Got ahead of God. Got ahead of God. Now, if you're a leader, you don't like the leader that you're serving saying, whoa, 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 let's... He's always, she's always telling me to wait. It's all right. You're anxious. And we're all anxious. But that's a huge one because remember, and you can study it later. I won't go there tonight. Joshua chapter 7. You can just go through and look at that little passage there where Joshua got ahead of God. And because he got ahead of God, a lot of people were killed. And eventually they had to get down on their face. In fact, Joshua 7, 6 says, and Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. And the elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. Why? Because they got ahead. And notice, when a leader gets ahead, people follow. And if people get hurt, whose fault was it? The leaders. So, if you have the gift of leadership and you like it, Remember, you have tremendous responsibility because people are following you. Husband, you're going to get ahead of God with your job that you're moving to because this is a perfect job. It's exactly where I want to go. Wife, the house is my house. I'm going to get ahead of God. Trouble. Careful. Make sure you hear from God because that can damage everything. Now, how do we grow in this gift of leadership? Number one, remember we started with the definition. You have to lead with diligence. And that means 
perseverance and patience and excellence. You don't want a leader that loses interest as they get toward the goal. If you are going to be a leader, you need to be a finisher. One of the things that Pastor Mark taught about today was that if it looks like you don't have the inner characteristics of this gift, it's okay. You just need to ask God what gift he's given you and get there. You heard about all of the hard times that leaders go through because they're out in front of the attacks. You learn more about the strengths and weaknesses of leaders. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish out his teaching on the motivational gift of leadership. You'll carry on talking about the positives and negatives of this gift. You'll find out what can happen when someone with this gift tries to exercise it in the flesh, not relying on the Holy Spirit for guidance. You'll hear about the ways to keep from falling into the trap of self-reliance. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a herd